Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Welcome back. At the end of chapter 2, James keeps us right at the heart of the theme and application of following the royal law of love as the practice of pure religion and true worship. In today's session, we will be finishing chapter 2 by addressing chapter 2, verses 20 to 26. But first, let me remind you again that the central concern of James's letter is that being like Christ demonstrates that we have been truly changed by Christ, and responding to God in true faith through right belief produces right actions. Now, James has tackled the application of living out pure religion before God by helping his audience love others by addressing their greed, anger, ungodly speech, and discrimination against others through prejudiced attitudes and actions. Like us today, they simply struggled to love one another in Christ. In our previous session of chapter 2, verses 14 to 19, James addressed what true faith is as it relates to genuine works. The relationship between faith and works is simply that since you believe that you are saved by Christ, it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't be like, look like, or act like him. Because in our salvation, we are made to be like and walk in him. In today's text, James chapter 2, verses 28 to 26, he says, But would you like evidence, you empty fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You see that his faith was working together with his works, and his faith was perfected by works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Now Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. James says in verse 25, And similarly, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. These are two Old Testament figures he offers as evidence for his argument in Abraham and Rahab that James uses to help his readers understand his argument pertaining to faith and works as he defines what true religion and worship is through loving others. Remember from our previous session in James that it's not really a question of salvation and justification as it pertains to faith. Rather, it's a simple point of the common sense reality of salvation and sanctification. He's not teaching that one is justified before God in their sin by doing good things. This is a very unnatural way to read the overall text of the book. And frankly, views like this aren't supported in the overall biblical narrative as a whole. Rather, he is saying that since you believe that you are saved by Christ, we should show evidence of this. We are made like Christ. If God is the Father of lights and we are children of light, then shouldn't we display light? James has already said in chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, So put away all filth and evil excess and humbly welcome the message implanted within you, which is able to save your souls. 
but be sure you live out the message and do not merely listen to it and so deceive yourselves. The message of Jesus implanted in us by our faith, this is what saves our souls. Now live out the message. The gospel message is a message of change and transformation, remember. This is the context of our next this is the context of our text today. So why Abraham and Rahab in order to illustrate this point? It is very peculiar and intentional that he gives two very contrasting Old Testament figures found in Israel's historical lineage and identity. James's audience would very much respect, understand, and revere the person of Abraham. Abraham was the primary forefather of the Jewish nation. He was given the promise of God to bless the nations through his offspring, Genesis 12 and 15. In their eyes, Abraham is royalty. In contrast, Rahab is the opposite of Abraham. Rahab was a Gentile, a pagan prostitute, who had no anointing, nor promise or royal status in the eyes of James's readers. In fact, I would go as far as to suggest that this particular example James uses isn't one that his Jewish audience would appreciate very much. In their eyes, Rahab probably resembled more of the widow, orphan, or poor person asked to sit on the floor in their church meetings. However, they both share an incredible life where they lived in faith and trust in the Almighty God, believing in his promises. This is what is highlighted and applauded by all of the New Testament writers, specifically people like James, Paul, and the author of Hebrews. Now let's contrast these two by addressing Abraham first. Abraham is a central figure in the history, legacy, and truth of God's story with Israel, as well as in Christ's church. Abraham's life and faith is not only symbolic, but it's the theological standard that the Apostle Paul repeatedly uses to teach on the important relationship between faith and works. Abraham's faith is used as a litmus test of sorts for the kind of faith that is necessary for our salvation in Christ. Paul says the following about Abraham in his letter to the Galatians in chapter 3, verses 6 to 14. Just as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, so then understand that those who believe are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith Proclaim the gospel to Abraham ahead of time, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who believe are blessed along with Abraham, the believer. Paul goes on in verse 10 and says, For all who rely on doing the works of the law are under a curse, because it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not keep on doing everything written in the book of the law. Now it is clear no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous one will live by faith. But the law is not based on faith, but the one who does the works of the law will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, because it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles, so that we could receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. Now it's important to note that in the Galatian context, they were deceived into thinking they were saved by faith, but had to maintain their salvation by doing good works. James is saying something very different about the truth regarding faith and works. Paul teaches that Abraham genuinely believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. 
but also just as important that those who believe like Abraham are sons of Abraham. In other words, those who follow in Abraham's example will benefit just like he did. They too will become righteous because of their faith in God's promises. That those who believe are blessed along with Abraham, the believer. Paul also makes an important distinction on works of the law. He simply points out that those who believe like Abraham will end up like Abraham. But those who rely on the works of the law are under a curse and will be judged through them, not through Christ keeping the law for us. This is a very subtle but important theological distinction. In fact, James already said in chapter 3, verse 18, Show me your faith without works, and I will show you faith by my works. This is exactly what Abraham is lauded for. He responded to God in belief and demonstrated his trust through his actions. He left his country, home, protection, comforts, his future, and stepped out into the dangers of the world and hoped in God and his promises. The central point here is that good works are evidenced through genuine saving faith. James's audience had a different problem. Their problem was simply that they thought they were righteous through a kind of faith that showed little actionable love or charity to those around them. They thought that their faith didn't include living out the heart of God. They were mistaken. This is not the kind of faith that Abraham lived out. James presents the colossal and legendary authority of Abraham through the action of his faith by his work of obedience in offering up Isaac. Here lies his heavy point. Abraham believed God in the promise that he was given as he left his homeland of Ur. God tested that faith by asking him to offer up his son, Isaac. God wanted further action from his faith. Abraham responded by offering up his son because he believed. Now, in this instance, what exactly did Abraham believe in? Well, the author of Hebrews identified Abraham as a central example of faith as well and says in Hebrews 11, verses 17 and 19, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He had received the promises, yet he was ready to offer up his only son. God had told him, through Isaac, descendants will carry on your name. And he reasoned and believed that God could even raise him from the dead. And in a sense, he received him back from there. Abraham trusted God so completely that he believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead upon offering him to God. This is faith in action. This is why James chooses Abraham and this event as evidence that faith indeed is dead without works. Abraham's disobedience and unwillingness to follow God would have evidenced a dead faith. James is clearly concerned that his audience understands what saving faith is. Abraham wasn't justified by his act with Isaac because we know from God's clear sustaining and soul action in Genesis 15 in the cutting of the covenant that he makes a promise that only he can keep and asks Abraham to simply trust in that promise. What a powerful example that James uses. Perhaps it might help to look at James chapter 2, verses 20 and 26 in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation reads, How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that your ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? 
You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by just faith alone. Perhaps the prostitute is another example of Rahab. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. It's clear that faith and works are important partners, that faith expresses itself in works, that the works are works of faith. The full meaning of believe in Abraham believed God and was set right with God includes in the full meaning of believe in Abraham believed God and was set right with God includes his action. It's that partnership of believing and acting that got Abraham named God's friend. Is it not evident that a person is made right with God, not by a barren faith, but by faith fruitful in works? James uses the stark contrast of Abraham by including Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute in the ancient Palestinian city of Jericho. Remember Jericho? It was one of the very first conquered cities of Israel as they entered Abraham's promised land of Canaan. It was a fortified, militaristic city-state filled with formidable giant soldiers. See chapter 2 through 6 in the book of Joshua. Israel conquered Jericho without a single sword or soldier. They simply believed God and expressed their belief through genuine faith by marching around the city, blowing horns. This kind of wall-shaking faith was led by faith-filled and believing men like Joshua and Caleb. They believed in God's promises and acted like they were true. Do you see a theme here? Rahab had faith in God's mercy amidst the impending destruction of Jericho. James says in chapter 2, verses 25 and 26, And similarly, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them by? Another way, for just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. She heard of the greatness of God and believed and trusted in him. This was the basis of why she hid Joshua and Caleb as they spied out Jericho. She put her faith in action. She responded and displayed true trust and change. She acted on her belief and showed kindness to God's servant, even amidst great peril based on what little she knew. Again, I can't help thinking that Rahab resembled more the poor among James's audience that he warns them of showing prejudice towards. I can't imagine that the wealthy Jews here were thrilled about this example of what they should be like. Rahab was a Gentile, a prostitute. She was poor. She worshipped false gods, but believed and trusted in the one true living God and acted on her faith. She was like the other people not accepted by James. She was like the other people not accepted by James's audience, widows, orphans, poorly clothed, and unimpressive people. She was of the poor of spirit, but God honored her for her faith. We should respond to Christ by honoring and caring for one another because of our common faith. Let's close by looking at Hebrews 11 again. Here, the author of Hebrews has a long list of examples of true faith followers 
that proved it through their response and action towards God. This is fitting for us this morning. They are the kind of people that James is referring to in order to set up his significant point of faith and works going together. In fact, Hebrews 11 verses 13 to 16 says, These all died in faith without receiving the things promised, but they saw them in the distance and welcomed them, acknowledged that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For those who speak in such a way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. In fact, if they had been thinking of the land that they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they aspire to a better land that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And like Abraham, all these people are called God's friend. May we be God's friend and believe and trust and show through genuine belief and genuine action how we love others because we love God. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.